Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrienne Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here with you today. Now, in my office, I get to meet a lot of people. And one of the statements that I hear over and over again is the statement of, I just want to feel normal around food, or I just want to be normal. I just want to be normal when it comes to my health and not have to think about all these things all the time. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to challenge what is it about that word normal and why do we aspire to feel normal around food? Because here's the deal. There are a lot of statistics out there that will counter and challenge why your goal should be normal. For example, at this point in time, 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. So I'm going to question, why do you want to be a normal weight? Because normal right now means overweight or obese. At this point in time, nine out of 10 people are either thinking about being on a diet or on a diet. So what this statistic tells me, it is normal to want to be on a diet. It is normal to be practicing dieting right? Why do we want to be normal? Why do we want to be on a diet or thinking about dieting? Why do we want to be overweight or obese? Here's the thing. We don't want to be normal. We use that word normal as a, as a word that should really mean I want to reach an ideal. I have this idea in my head of what my diet should look like, how I should feel around food, and that is what we're striving for. But normal, I am going to argue, is not what the end goal should be. When we diet, there is a lot of shame and blame and guilt and frustration and anger. It is normal to feel that way around diets. So again, why do we want to be normal? That doesn't make sense. At this point in time, 67% of Americans report that they eat comfort food when they're feeling down. It is now normal to stress eat. And let's talk about stress for a moment because 25% of us rank stress levels at an eight out of 10 or higher. We are stressed out to the max and we use that stress almost as a badge of honor. You know, we talk to somebody, hey, how you doing? What are you up to? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so stressed out. I've got so much to do. 
And we think that stress is a positive thing because it means we're busy and it means we are social and maybe have lots of friends. It's actually odd to talk to somebody and be like, yeah, I've got nothing going on. What do you mean you have nothing going on? Why aren't you involved in more things? Why don't you, you know, why don't you involve your kids in more things? What do you mean you just come home at night and you eat dinner and you have family time? I don't understand. It's normal to run your kids through Chick-fil-A because you're bouncing them around between multiple activities. It's normal to run right from work to activity A to activity B, go to sleep and get up and do it all over again. Why do we want to be normal? Guys, in 2013, I read a study that marked, or I should say that reported, that at least half of American adults have at least one chronic disease. Half! You know, to me, that means our younger population isn't offsetting our older population anymore. And I know that to be true because I see young people in my office all the time with high cholesterol or hypertension. Guys, that's setting them up for a life that's really, really hard, right? But it's becoming normal for younger people to have ailments and to have diseases. And so in response to this study, the CDC decided to identify and point out what are the top five health behaviors that we can educate people about, that we can motivate them and put our time and resources into sharing with the population so that they can change their life and put their health on a trajectory of, you know, success versus disease. And I just want to read these to you because I think they're pretty fascinating. The top five health behaviors are maintain a healthy weight, consistent exercise, don't smoke, have moderate alcohol intake, and get enough sleep each night. That's it. Those are the top five health behaviors. Guys, I want to point out a couple things. There are no extremes with the exception of smoking, because that is a definite no. There's no gray area when it comes to smoking. But for the rest of the uh, ideals and for the rest of the goals, they're not hard. We make them hard. It doesn't say you have to have a BMI between 20 and 25. It just says you have to be a healthy weight. And a healthy weight to me means one where you can move your body the way you want. You can engage in any activity you want. You're not taking unnecessary medications. Um, You feel good in your body. Um, You may not be at your, your ideal body weight, but you don't need to have a BMI of 25 to be healthy. You can absolutely have a BMI of 28 or 30 and be healthy. So it doesn't even put a number. It doesn't say you have to be a dress size. It doesn't say you have to be like that ideal body weight chart that they used to use decades ago. It just says be a healthy weight. That's it, period. It also says consistent exercise. Guys, it's not saying we have to run a marathon every year. Heck, it's not even saying we have to run a 5K every year. It just says exercise your body and do it consistently. And so if consistently means 10 minutes every day, so be it. If consistency means 30 minutes a day, that's fabulous. But consistency over time is where we get our progress and where we see results. 
And for a lot of us, because we can't reach an ideal number of minutes per day or an intensity, what we think in our heads it should look like, we resolve to do nothing. Right? That doesn't get us anywhere. That just, you know, gets us further away from our health goals. And so we just have to be consistent. Start with 10 minutes if that's where you can start. That's perfect. It's a great place to start. We already talked about smoking. You know, there's no gray area with that. So there is a no smoking recommendation. But the fourth recommendation is moderate your alcohol intake. And by definition, for women, that would be one drink. And for men, that would be two. But it doesn't tell you you can't drink at all. It doesn't say you can't be social. It just says don't drink a ton. That's it. And then the last recommendation is get enough sleep each night. Guys, this is a huge one when it comes to your weight and to your health. But yet so many of us, because we're so stressed out, we're running around like crazy people, we're not getting enough sleep each night. And it dramatically, dramatically impacts our health. And so I started looking at these five recommendations and I realized this is what we do for our young children. Some of you listening are parents. um, And I know when my kids were young, I did these exact five things for my kids. I made sure they ate a healthy diet. You know, I basically only fed them fruits and vegetables and oatmeal. I made sure I took them outside so they could move their body. They could get fresh air. I didn't give them any toxic materials. I didn't give them, you know, alcohol. I didn't give them tobacco. And I enforced nap time and and bedtime. And the reason I did those things for my kids is because I wanted them to be healthy and I wanted to give them the best start possible to their life, right? But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the lines, we decided these rules don't apply to us as adults. And I don't know where that happened. Maybe when we became teenagers and sleep, you know, wasn't important. We didn't want to go to bed on time. Or when we, you know, started driving and we could get our own food instead of having to eat at our parents. I'm not sure where in the process that we decided the rules don't apply. But guys, they do. These are just general, normal, healthy behaviors. So in response to these five health recommendations... Um, they did a poll to see where Americans stand and what percentage of Americans are meeting all five of these criteria. And guys, this number is going to shock you. 6.3%. of Americans are meeting all five criteria. And so a lot of the people that I meet in my office, they can probably do three out of the five, maybe four out of the five, but there's always that one thing that trips us up. You know, some people, you know, they're eating a healthy diet, they're exercising, they're, they're not smoking, they get, you know, average sleep, but they drink a ton on the weekends. Or some people, you know, they don't get enough sleep because they're trying to do all the healthy things and be everything to every person. So again, 6.3% doing the five healthy recommendations is abnormal. It's not normal. Normal is the 93% of Americans that aren't doing the good stuff, that aren't meeting all five criteria. So the question now becomes is, why do you want to be normal? And the new question should now be is, how can I become abnormal? If you want to be normal, you will get normal results. 
But if you want to be abnormal and get abnormal results, you've got to do abnormal things. You've got to do the hard things and put in the time and make the good decisions over and over and over again. Because remember, consistency over time is where progress occurs. So guys, for today's episode, I want to just go over three things um, that I personally do in my routine to try to ensure that I'm doing these health behaviors and I'm getting it done and I'm doing the right thing. And so as always, when I make these recommendations, this is just works what works for me. But there is no one right way to do this. You get to find your way and what helps you be successful. All right. So today we're going to talk about your morning routine, your evening routine, and getting vocal. Again, if you want abnormal results, you have to do abnormal things. And sometimes that requires disciplines and it requires showing up for yourself. And so I'll, again, I'll just share what I do personally and see if that may be helpful to some of you as the listeners. So I always tell people I have to do two things every single morning for it to be a good day. Number one, I need to read my Bible. And number two, I need to exercise. And I really, really try hard to do these two things before my kids wake up because once they get up, you know, it's all over. They're going to need something or want something. And so I have found that if I can have the discipline to get up early and do these two things before they wake up, um, they'll get done. And so number one, I read my Bible first thing right out of the gate before I do anything else. And for me, it is just so important to ground myself and to clear my head and to feed my, my brain and my soul and my body with good information, right? So I'm, you know, a spiritual person. I enjoy reading scripture every morning. I enjoy praying because it just makes my head in a better space. And when my head's in a better space, I can be a better mom. I can be a better wife. I can be a better employer and I can be a better service to my clients. All right. So many of us are stressed out and it's because we don't center ourselves. So if you're not a spiritual person, maybe that just means meditation for you or, you know, engaging in some deep breathing exercises. But for me, reading my Bible every day is a must. It's a non-negotiable because I know how much peace I am filled with, how much joy and gratitude. Um, it's just, it's an amazing thing. Just taking that 15 minutes every single morning and doing that first is just changed my life dramatically. Guys, remember what you do first gets done. All right. When you try to push it off and tell yourself you'll do it later, you know, there's such a great chance of life getting in the way and, you know, interfering with you actually doing the things that you want to get done. The second thing I do is I exercise and whether that's a HIIT workout or strength training or yoga, I try to mix it up a little bit, but exercise is a huge stress management tool for myself. And I just love the way I feel afterwards. All right. When it comes to exercise, guys, remember, we just have to be consistent. The hardest part about exercise is putting on your shoes. It's the hardest part because once you get going, it's not terrible. So what can you do and what can you be consistent with? 
I told you I love to exercise in the morning because I don't like having that over my head all day with an activity that I need to accomplish, right? Um, I don't have the guilt of not being able to do it because I didn't put enough time aside later on in the day. And then when the kids need me or I have to work late, I don't have to wrestle in my mind like, oh, but I'm supposed to be exercising and then I feel bad. No, I don't have any of that because I got it done first thing in the morning. All right. I once read an article that said if we could bottle all the positive effects of exercise, it would be the number one drug, hands down. You sleep better, you have more clarity, more focus, you feel better, you're less stressed, you're healthier. My goodness, your heart, your muscles, your bones, everything about you is healthier and you just feel good and you make better choices, right? So again, I want to challenge you. What does your morning routine look like? You know, are you snoozing the alarm clock because you didn't get enough sleep the night before? You know, are you rushing right to the coffee maker? You know, what are you feeding your brain? What are you feeding your body with metaphorically first thing in the morning? This one isn't about food. This one's actually about what are you, how are you feeding your mind and your soul and your body as soon as you wake up? What do you need to change about your morning routine so that you can be consistent and so that you can be successful? So that's number one. All right. If you want abnormal results, you have to do abnormal things. And so instead of hitting the snooze button and grabbing coffee and rushing around and starting off your day in a stressed out state, try to do an abnormal thing. Try to relax. Try to calm down. Try to try to fill your body and mind with positive, helpful tools. All right. Number two, what is your bedtime routine? I always like to joke around because as parents, we always know that our kids thrive on structure and routine, but let's be honest, we thrive on structure and routine as adults. We like knowing what to expect, what's coming up. Um, We don't like surprises or at least life surprises, fun surprises. That's something different, but we like to know what to expect, but I'm going to ask you, what does your bedtime routine look like? All right. Or not even the bedtime routine, not the act of getting ready for bed, like the brushing your teeth and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. What is your nighttime routine? Probably that's a better word I should be using. You know, are you flopping down in front of the TV every night with a bag of chips or a bag of cookies? Right. What does your nighttime routine look like? How are you feeding your body? How are you feeding your soul? One thing that I like to do at night is I like to plan for the next day. I like to run through in my head, all right, what do I have going on? Do I need to bring snacks with me somewhere? Do I need to cook um, something in the morning? Do I have leftovers that I can use? The thing is, we do not do two things well. We do not do two hard things well. Let me rephrase that, right? So being creative and coming up with an idea of what to eat and executing it the actual preparation and cooking of it, those are two hard things. We don't like two hard things. We can do one hard thing. And so going over my day the night before is helpful because I can take all the creativity piece and the figuring things out, out of my head so that the next day when I'm running around or when I'm doing things, all I have to do is execute. I've already created the plan. 
And so planning is just so helpful so there aren't any surprises, right? Uh, Athletes, right? One of the biggest things athletes do, especially big-time athletes, is they practice visualization. They envision themselves at each state of the, the match or the race or the game, whatever they're doing. So that way, when they get to that that moment in the game, it's not a surprise. They've already worked it through their mind how they're going to respond and how they're going to react. It's the same thing with our food. It's the same thing with our days. If we know what to expect, we're going to be much more successful than if we're caught by surprise. For a lot of us, our evening routine of sitting and watching TV with a bag of chips is not setting us up for success. Maybe we need to move away. Again, if you want abnormal results, you have to do abnormal things. Those abnormal things might be not watching TV with a snack or not drinking a glass of wine watching TV. It's abnormal to do that. But guess what? You won't be drinking a lot of calories and then grabbing a bunch of calories because drinking and snacking is something you've paired together as two activities. Right? So I'm not a big fan of letting things up to chance. I like to plan as much as I can. I try to have flexibility, but I do like to plan just so I can make sure that the next day will be successful. And the other part of your nighttime routine, like I mentioned before, is sleep. Guys, you got to sleep. And sometimes that means turning the TV off at a reasonable hour. You know, I meet clients in my office all the time and they go to bed at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And they have to be up at 6 a.m. for work. Oh my goodness, I would be a zombie. Like I am one of those people that needs my eight hours of sleep. And so what is your nighttime routine? What abnormal thing do you need to do to get abnormal results? All right, one more tip for you. I need you to get vocal. It is very normal to do this diet thing or this health journey on your own. And we do it in secret. And maybe that's because we're ashamed or we're embarrassed that we're doing it. But remember, guys, nine out of 10 people are. So we're, we're not alone in this. Everybody's doing it. But we do it quietly because we don't want others to know. Again, for the reasons I mentioned before. But here's the thing. When the only person that you need to justify behaviors to is yourself, you're setting yourself up on a slippery slope. My favorite word that I like to break down is the word rationalize. Because if you break down the word rationalize, it equals rational lies. Right? Rationalize. I do it all the time. When I want to eat a piece of cake, when I want to eat something I shouldn't, when I don't want to exercise, right? We rationalize why we can't do the good behavior. Oh, well, I had a hard day today, or I deserve this, or, you know, I, I worked really hard, right? We're rationalizing, we're justifying, justifying, but really, they're rational lies we're telling ourselves. And so if you want to be abnormal and you want to get abnormal results, it's time you get vocal, It's time you share your journey with somebody else. It's time maybe you ask for help. Maybe those techniques and the tactics you've been working and, and using and they're not working out for you, maybe you need to change them. But if you're doing it in silence and you're doing it, um, secretly, 
and you're doing it on your own, that's not going to get you there. Sometimes we need to ask for help. Right now, we're running a program called the Diet Rehab, and it is a four-day workshop, completely free. And we're going through some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they are dieting or have gone through years of dieting. And so I want to just invite you, if this is something that sounds interesting to you, you can hop on the computer right now and you can sign up uh, at bodymetricspa.com forward slash diet rehab. You can do that right now. Even though this um, episode might be coming out on Tuesday, you can catch the replay. All of the episodes are available to watch if you can't be there live. But guys, if you need help or if you're looking for more information, we want to be that resource for you. We're also starting a program called Jumpstart, and it's six weeks to developing healthy behaviors around food and exercise. And so if that's something that interests you, you can go right to our website, bodymetricspa.com, and under the tabs, uh, click on programs, and the Jumpstart program will be there. And that's just something that we can uh, work with you. It's a high-level accountability class because we know that when we're accountable to other people and when we have to show up, we actually do the work. And so, you know, there's a bunch of resources that we can, uh, that we offer that could be helpful. And we want to invite you to um, partake in them if, if you're interested. So guys, remember, if you want abnormal results, you have to do abnormal things. And some of that, for some of you, that may look like establishing a better morning routine. And for others, it might be establishing a better evening routine. And for others, it might mean getting vocal and talking to somebody or asking for help. Uh, And again, we'd like to be that resource for you. So there you have it. All right, guys, I got to give you my recipe of the week. Since we talked about morning routines, I am giving you a breakfast recipe. And these are, uh, these make-ahead omelets are a recipe I hand out all the time at work because, you know, if you're busy and you don't have a lot of time to cook in the morning, this is something you can prep ahead of time. They um, store really well in the refrigerator. You could freeze them. It's just a simple, easy recipe, and I think you'll love it. So for this recipe, you're going to need um, 11 eggs. Don't ask me why it's 11. It's not, it's not 10 and it's not 12. It's 11. And you're going to need assorted vegetables. And that's it. That's all you need. So what you're going to do is you're going to grab a muffin pan and you want to spray it out really, really well with cooking spray. Please make sure you spray it really well. Be obnoxious because these eggs like to stick and I don't want you to have choice words for me later in the day. And then you're going to fill up your tins halfway with assorted vegetables. So whether that's peppers, onions, mushrooms, sometimes people use salsa, um, broccoli, you can put in whatever you'd like. If you want to do a little sprinkle of cheese, have at it. But you want to fill up half of each tin with vegetables. And then you're going to take your 11 eggs, you're going to crack them into a bowl and you're going to whisk them and you're going to fill each muffin tin flush with your egg, with your eggs. 
All right, so you're gonna fill them flush. You don't have to worry about it spilling over, so go ahead and fill it all the way to the top. And then you're gonna bake these egg cups at 350 for about 20 minutes. And that's it. That's it. They fit great in a whole wheat English muffin. You can eat them on their own. You can kind of cut them in half and roll them into a burrito. Guys, it is so simple. But whatever we can do to make our mornings easier, I am all for it, still without sacrificing our health. So that is your recipe of the week. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, and again, let's be abnormal. Let's be abnormal this week. I know you can do it. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.